0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Here is uh, Charles W. Dracunculiasis Bryant. Dude, I love How you that. doing, drunk? That sounds like my playa name. It is, sort of. Playaappreciate.com. I wish I could remember what that name was, it was so good. Oh, it was Sweet Tastic Bryant Trump. Is that it? Sugar-tastic Bryant Trump. Sugar-tastic, that's it. Bryant Trump. Yeah, that was mm. Chuck's pimp name as, uh, as it as it's appears on playerappreciate.com. I love that you can generate a player name. Yeah, it's it gonna, is pretty cool. God bless the internet. Uh, Chuck, speaking of the internet, yes, our parent company, Discovery's uh, channel, Animal Planet, um, has a cool website. Indeed. That they launched for their show, Monsters Inside of Me. Very cool. Which has uh, inspired us to do a couple of Parasite podcasts. This is two of two. Yeah, number two. We just did um, Toxoplasmosis.
0: Yeah, and i got to say, we were excited about this stuff. <laughs> sure, it's Occasionally
1: cool Occasionally, we'll
0: get requests to do things, and we're like, oh, I don't know, should we do that? And we'll turn them down, and they'll threaten to fire us, and then <laughs> we'll march into the office with a gas can and a lighter. Yeah. And it goes down like that, but this one is cool. Yes. Monsters Inside Me, cool show.
1: Yeah, no, everybody on staff pretty much threw in for this thing. Big time. And, uh, happily, actually, because, yeah, it is a cool show. That's a cool graphics. It's just gross. Yeah, it is.
0: Um, and if you're eating uh, lunch or dinner right now, we might advise you to yeah. wait until later yeah. to listen to this.
1: I actually was eating a sub really? while I was researching uh, Leishmaniasis.
0: Tapeworm sub?
1: Uh, no, that's the flesh eating. I know. It's just... Oh, was it a tapeworm sub? Yeah. It was undercooked meat, so, yeah, probably. Whew. Um, anyway, we're talking about parasites and apparently pimp names and, uh, let's get into it. We're talking about three really gross ones and technically we should say four because I want to give a shout out to my favorite and Chuck also, I should probably <laughs> say anytime we do a segmented,
0: um, podcast, Chuck likes to time me cause he's a big fat jerk. I don't like to time you, but if we want to get to all three, we need only have a certain amount of time. And so I'm going to go ahead and hit start on my new iphone
1: okay well uh draconculiasis ah you jerk we're supposed to do leishmaniasis oh yeah leishmaniasis sorry man that's what we're starting with this is the flesh eating parasite
0: it is it's it's affectionately known tropics subtropics and southern europe yeah so we're safe for now
1: well unless we travel to one of these countries true which you were prone to do Ooh, I Yes, I am wont to go to certain places sometimes. Yes, are. Uh, there you are. But, yeah, there's a lot of people who actually um, suffer from leishmaniasis. Estimates are, are about 12 million infected worldwide. Uh-huh. And 350 million at risk? Yeah, and uh, about 2 million new cases each year. Right. And they're expecting this to go up, Chuck, thanks to our friend Climate Change. Thank you, Al Gore. Right. Um, because as the temperatures increase... The uh, area where the sandfly, which can live, yeah. uh, increases as well, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's the sandfly which I wasn't familiar. I I think I had sandfly and blackfly confused, but luckily blackflies don't spread um, leishmaniasis. Sandflies do, and these are actually about a third of the size of mosquitoes. Yes. Yeah, so you know their bites it, are relatively it, painless if they're if they're not pain free. Right. Um so yeah, you don't know that you're being bitten, and you certainly don't know that the the saliva from this uh fly has actually just transferred um some larva of this parasite into right. your bloodstream, yeah
0: and you know, I should point out too, you said that global warming was is one reason this is on the rise, uh-huh. another reason is because of our shenanigans in the middle East, yeah because it is that place is lousy with sand flies. In Afghanistan and Iraq and the like. So yeah. they think a lot of our personnel over there m- may be getting infected and uh, bringing it back.
1: So, mm-hmm. so leishmaniasis, Watch out. mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. So, Chuck, uh, actually, the the concentration of where these cases are popping up is concentrated in just a handful of countries, yeah. old world and new world. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, there, places like Syria and Brazil have the vast majority of these cases because right. this is where the sandfly lives. But like you said, traveling... Conquering, Tourism. these things can, can can transfer.
0: Tourism and conquering. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Leishmaniasis, right? Uh uh-huh. So, uh, there's actually two kinds and a subkind.
0: The subkind's my favorite. The cutaneous is my favorite. Is it? Because I want to describe the sore. If you have the cutaneous uh, leishmaniasis, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get a sore on your skin. <laughs> what happens is as follows. <laughs> and uh, this is so gross. They describe the sore as ending up looking like a volcano. So it's got a raised edge and then a central crater, a little meaty central crater right in the middle. Do you have leishmaniasis on your breast? Uh-huh. That's gross. And uh, some, uh, some of the sores are indeed covered by a scab. And they can be painless or painful. Painful. Your breast is? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So my favorite, Chuck,
0: if you'll allow me to take over for a moment.
1: Please. Is mucosal or mucocutaneous. Uh, yeah. This is the stuff that like, you see photos of when you type in flesh-eating parasite, right? <laughs> yeah. What happens is, is uh, you, you get a cutaneous parasitic infection. And uh, it can spread to your mucous membranes, e.g. your lips, your nostrils, that kind of thing. Basically, the prominent features on your face get eaten away. Mm -hmm. Did you Google image any of these?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So were you eating at the time? No, I was not. And I have not since.
1: It's amazing. Like, people missing their noses. I saw one where it was a close-up of this guy's nose, and somebody had tweezers and was just kind of pulling it. And it was a still photo, but you could tell by the way it was being pulled, it was basically like jelly. Wow, it's gross stuff, uh, but that's th- they actually clear up on their own eventually. Um, that's the good news. We we read an article from the CDC describing leishmaniasis, and I was disconcerted to find you know under the how do I treat leishmaniasis? They're basically like, well, it goes
0: away on its own eventually. Basically, like there is no treatment, but it said it could take months or years. So, right. do you want a volcano uh, scab on your forearm for years, or that thing? Yeah, on your breast? <laughs> no,
1: you don't. Gross. Uh, and there's a really dangerous one though called visceral, yeah, that kill me. Yeah. So tell us about that, Chuckers.
0: Yes, Josh. This is the nasty one. This is the one that attacks your liver and spleen, and I think it enlarges them. They yeah, your,
1: your spleen actually can become larger than your liver, which ain't supposed to happen. That ain't
0: supposed to happen. And yeah. even your liver and uh, <laughs> it is. No, uh, my
1: liver shrinking and hardening.
0: Oh, is that what happens? Sure. Okay, so your liver's like a California raisin. Pretty there's much, point. yeah. No, not the dancing kind either. No, the dying kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll kill you.
1: It will. And like That's you said, it is nasty in that it is uh, dangerous. It's not as nasty as, um, uh, mucocutaneous leishmaniasis, but it's still pretty dangerous stuff. Right. So you want to know how, how this, uh, this parasite, uh, this parasite's life cycle occurs? It's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, let's hear it. So you get bit by a sandfly, right? And the parasite actually is taken up it enters the bloodstream uh-huh. and it 's taken up by um macrophages, which are a type of white blood cell, right so they're living happily and protected within the macrophages uh where they're reproducing a- and eventually they cause the cell to lice it erupts uh-huh. and they're all of a sudden all these new um parasites are released into your bloodstream sure and then is. they're taken up by more white blood cells and so on and so on so the process keeps continuing and they start multiplying exponentially wow yeah so, which is also how it, it's flesh eating when right. it, when it's attacking these cells it's it's lysing the cells in your mucous membrane or right. around your uh, or like on your forearm or something like that or uh in the case of visceral leishmaniasis Your internal organs. Right.
0: But like we said, don't worry about it. It'll just go away on
1: its own. according to the CDC. (laughs) All right, change your... Press the timer, man. We're done with this
0: one. Okay. So that's leishmaniasis.
1: Yes. (laughs) On to...
0: Number two. uh, Dracunculiasis. That's a good one. Yeah, this one's pretty awful, too. It's uh, commonly known as
1: the guinea worm.
0: Yeah, this is really sad because it affects the poorest of the poor in the world. That's the bad news because it comes from drinking uh, unclean water. Mm -hmm. The good news is they have... Largely eradicated it. Well, there's they, five
1: they, countries that are stubbornly hanging on to guinea worm infection.
0: But dude, we're talking. Um, let's go back in time to 1986. I'm in the 10th grade. You're in elementary school. If yeah, you're drinking behind the elementary. school. 86. I was 10. I was in the baseball cards. Yeah. I was into... Van- <laughs> I was drinking behind the elementary school. <laughs> uh, I was into Defender and Van Halen. Awesome. Um, so 3.5 million people uh, were infected every year back then. And now, let's go back a couple of years to 2007 when I was into Defender and Van Halen. And I was drinking behind the <laughs> elementary school. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, only 9,585 cases were reported. So that's awesome. And most of those were in uh, the Sudan and Ghana. So clearly some work to be done there. Sure. So now we should talk about how d- gross this is.
1: This is a very, very gross, gross parasite. This is the worst one, I think. What happens is uh, it, it's generally taken up through a tainted water supply.
0: Right. A year later. <clears throat> yeah. That's what was so frightening. Is you drink bad water on vacation in Ghana, a year later, all of a sudden, you say, hmm, what's that blister on my foot? Yeah. Well,
1: the uh, Tour Ghana... Tourism board is going to be really mad yeah, at you. I'm sure they the
0: are. Uh, Greater
1: Ghanese um, Chamber of Commerce is going to be after you, Chuck. Right. So go ahead. All right. So uh, basically, uh, what is it? Water fleas are easily infected with these parasites. Yep. And they show up in uh, unsanitary water. Mm-hmm. You you drink this water, uh, you get a couple water fleas in, or you can conceivably just drink the larvae. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, The larvae travel down to your intestine where they lodge. They can pass through the intestine, which most parasites can. Right. Um, And then they grow.
0: Right. Well, the stomach acid, what I thought was interesting is it does not kill it. It It kills kills the the water water fleas, fleas, but leaves the parasites. Thank
1: you, stomach acid. Right. So, uh, yeah, the parasite sticks around and it grows and grows and grows um, to about two to three feet long. Yeah. Or 60 Uh. to 100 centimeters long. Um, over the course of 10 to 14 months. And it's just the females
0: that grow to this adult stage, right? Yeah, and they said it's as wide as a cooked spaghetti noodle. Yes. Three feet long Yeah, in your intestine. Yeah, and uh, it's gross. That's not the worst part, though. Our guest producer, Lizzie, is about to hurl. She I is love about it. to vomit.
1: <laughs> I think we should make that our, our mission today. We should. Okay, so um, you've got this three-foot-long live spaghetti noodle that you can clearly identify as a female uh, detached from your intestine, and then it migrates to the skin, and here's where the beauty part begins. Yeah. So a blister boil forms uh-huh. on the site where the worm's about to
0: emerge. Yeah,
1: and pop goes the weasel. The worm starts to poke its head out.
0: Yep. And uh, basically, you look down and you have a worm coming out of your body. And here's the tricky part: what getting it out? No. Oh, okay. So uh, if you
1: haven't picked up by now, parasites are arguably the most intelligent things on the planet, or at the very least, the most tenacious. The boil or the blister, uh, wh- where that's, that, that occurs at the site where the worm's about to emerge, mm-hmm. actually, uh, the pain associated with it is alleviated simply by dropping it in water.
0: Yeah, this is,
1: uh. Contact with water triggers the guinea worm to, to release this yeah. milky white substance, which is actually millions of larvae, into the water supply. So the water supply is now tainted and the life cycle begins again.
0: Right. So you're in the you're in Ghana, you're feeling uh, bad, you get in the river because it makes it feel better, and then all of a sudden everyone downstream is getting this milky secretion of eggs yeah. and they get infected. Yeah. Just so gnarly.
1: It is. So okay, again, CDC says yeah, really the best way to do this is to have a clean sanitary Water supply. So uh, the treatment for this is actually just preventative. You just make sure that a population has a uh,
0: clean water supply, right? Right, which is what the Carter Center has been working uh, so hard for all these years. That's odd to mention the Carter Center out of nowhere. <laughs> well, no, the Carter Center, they've been doing all this work. Oh, they have? Yeah. Since when? Trying to eradicate uh, GWD. Oh, did they help with
1: that drop from 3.5 million to less than 10,000 cases in about 10 years? You got it, Buddy right Huh. Well, way to go, Jimmy Carter. Did oh, I not mention Carter that? Center. No. All apologies. Oh, okay. So the, the Carter Center is working on eradicating the guinea worm. Sure, among other groups.
0: Gotcha. World Health Organization. Uh, yeah.
1: Right. Okay, so... Yes, so we've got got it down, but let's say that you do have a polluted water source, and all of a sudden you have a three-foot-long cooked spaghetti noodle coming out of your leg in a
0: boil. What do you do, Chuck? What do you do? Well, one thing you can do, Josh, (laughs) is you can pull it out, and you can only do this a few centimeters at a time. Mm -hmm. On a daily basis. I'm glad I read this, because if I ever had this, I would yank that thing and pull it out from my intestine in one long piece of spaghetti. Woof. Uh, but apparently you can't do that. I imagine it would break off or something and cause an infection. You just make it mad. You don't want to make a guinea worm. No, you're tough. So what you do is you wrap it around a piece of gauze or a small stick, a little bit at a time. Every day. Every day. And for and several weeks. For several weeks until it's out. That's one thing you can do. Or it can be surgically removed clearly by a trained professional, but we're talking about the poorest of the poor in the world and mm-hmm. they can't, they don't have access to this.
1: Or you can just blow your head off.
0: Well, that's another
1: option. Sure. Um, the the big problem with guinea worm disease, or when it was a real, real problem, is that um, it's a uh, it's a disease of poverty, uh-huh. but it's also a cause of poverty. It is. Because if you have a three-foot-long cooked sp- spaghetti noodle coming out of your leg, um, you're pretty much temporarily
0: disabled yeah. until that thing comes out. You can't farm. No. You can't take care of your children. Right. It's very sad. So it does have an economic impact that just... It's a cycle, man. It makes everything even worse.
1: It does. But luckily, again, we've largely eradicated it. Except yes. for Ghana
0: and Mali. Right. Asia is completely others. clear of it now. And yep. They used to have a problem with it.
1: All right, Chuck. Well, then uh, turn off your timer again, buddy. That was a good one. I thought so as well. Are we leaving this part in where you're actually manipulating the timer? Yes. We'll find out, huh? On to tapeworms. Tapeworms. This one is pretty common. The big finish, uh huh. Everybody knows tapeworms. There's that tapeworm diet, which actually is real. Is it really? <clears throat> We're not endorsing that, by the way. No. Okay. I'm just big on uh, calorie-restricted diets. Sure, and knowledge. Uh, even Chuck won't let me uh, endorse that one, but still. Uh, this is We chose this one because it's actually really interesting. Um, the study of tapeworms has revealed a uh, change in understanding yeah. of human evolution. Big deal. Or at least uh, parasitology.
0: Yeah, we always thought. Humans always thought that we get tapeworms from animals. Thanks a lot, cow and Pig, for giving Stupid us tapeworms. Stupid pigs. There's some research that's been done that actually turns the tables, Josh, and in a switcheroo, it looks like we may have started the whole thing wah, and, give, wah, yeah, wah. and given it to the animals. So sorry, uh, pig. Sorry, not only Cal.
1: did we domesticate you for slaughter, we also gave you the tapeworm. Yep. So tapeworms, uh, known affectionately in the medical community as tania, Uh, There's uh, Tania solium, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about. That's distinct from uh, Tania saginata and Tania asiatica. Nice job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I worked on pronunciations like all day. You did great. Uh, uh, Saginata and Asiatica, both actually for their life life cycle, require an herbivore in there as an intermediate host Uh to get to their definitive host. Us, the carnivore. Carnivores, right? Does
0: this mean a vegetarian or a vegan wouldn't be infected? You would think so, but look out for Taenia solium, which will right. get anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very broad range,
1: including dogs. It said, "That's very sad." Right. Well, yeah. Once we domesticated dogs, mm-hmm. cows, pigs, you know, again, we thought that that's when we started getting tapeworms. Right. Actually, tapeworms go back as far as about 2.7 million years. Humans or hominids have had some sort of trouble. Right. Um, with all of the retching and the pooping and stuff like right. that. If
0: you believe that kind of thing. Yeah. We've been around for 2.7 million years. If you believe that hogwash. <laughs> Sorry. So, Chuck, um, let's talk about tapeworms. What they do, how they do it, what they look like. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're talking about an intestinal tapeworm infections. A lot of times uh, they're not detected because it's pretty mild symptom-wise.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I assume that... One or both of us has a tapeworm right now. Exactly. Can I tell you something? Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes. So I'm actually a big proponent of high colonics. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. God, I learned so much. They are mood-changing. Really? And you have to get two. And also, anyone who goes out and gets a high colonic, make sure the place you go is ultra-sanitized and insist on watching them sanitize the machine. So there's, Jerry's House of Colonics is probably certain, not where you right, want to Right, especially not our producer's Jerry's House of Colonics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's tidy, but I wouldn't right. accept a high colonic from her, right? Right. Um, I was I got a high colonic, two of them. The second one, it was like I was a brand new person. I literally felt reborn. Really? But the guy who was uh running the place was telling me about a customer. They it's so perverse. They have this table set up and it's like a doctor's exam table. Uh huh. Um and you have certain things sticking certain places. Um and then a tube <laughs> doctor Frankenstein going out sure. <laughs> you have a tube going out, right? Out. And then there's mirrors uh. showing the whole thing. So you're seeing all the stuff. Okay. One guy had to call the, the, the owner in who was telling me the story, and he had stopped up the tube. And yeah. they went in, removed the tube, got it out. You know what it was? It was a fist-sized ball of worms. You're kidding. The guy had had no symptoms, had no clue they were in there. Oh, my God. Uh, and all of a sudden, a fist-sized Ball of worms coming out. Well, it's pretty clear why the Discovery Show is called "Monsters Inside Me." <laughs> yeah, A fistful of monsters inside, inside of you. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, high colonics equal getting rid of worms. Sometimes that's um, my that's my little aside there, Chuck. Yeah. I'm going to Jerry's House of Colonics right after this. <laughs> you should. So, Chuck, how do we get these uh, tapeworms that come out in fist-sized balls? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's different ways, Josh. Um, it's usually you can get it through eating uh, food. But there's uh, there's a little disturbing asset to all this, is fecal matter has to be involved.
1: Yeah, I saw in this article that you could get it through intimate contact, but if fecal matter has to be present, what, yeah.
0: what is that? I don't know. And, don't and you know. out there in podcasting can make your own call there. But uh, if let's say you were uh, preparing some food and um, you there was poop on your hands, some poop or something there involved, was poop
1: involved, yeah,
0: then then you could get it. And I know undercooked pork, I think, is one way that you can get the. Uh, the Which one was it? The uh, T-solium? No. I, is it? Uh, I, th- I thought so. No? Yeah. It's often found in- I think solium's
1: in... the only one that doesn't require an herbivore. It's the well, other it's two said that it's does. it's
0: T-solium is often found in raw or undercooked pork. Huh. And is therefore called the pork tapeworm.
1: Gotcha. Well,
0: that's pretty definitive. It sounds like it. Yeah. Or at least that's what Dr. Uh, Ho- Hoberg says.
1: It's so wh- one of the things I found disturbing was this. So you know how tapeworms are segmented? Yeah. First of all, they can grow up to 65 feet or 20 meters long. That's disturbing. And they're heavily segmented. Mm-hmm. Each segment can contain up to 40,000 eggs, larva eggs. Unbelievable. Right? Um, these eggs can actually live 25 years out in the open. So if you poop somewhere, like in the desert, uh-huh. at age 25, right? if you go back and visit your poop in the desert 50. at age 50... Wow. If there were tapeworm eggs in there, you could conceivably eat them and start it over again. That's crazy, isn't that gross? That
0: is. And if you swallow these eggs, Josh, uh, the larvae can um, actually penetrate your intestinal wall and lodge in an organ or form a cyst.
1: Well, yeah, they 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 can form brain cysts. They can also right. attach. They can attach to any organ, including your eye and right. brain,
0: which can cause. They've said they've linked it to blindness and uh, epilepsy. And insanity. And insanity, Se-
1: um, Seizures, yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, paralysis. Uh-huh. Um, a, a lack of um, equilibrium. Yeah. Like vertigo, dizziness, that kind of thing.
0: Right. It's bad stuff. It is. So, so uh, stay away from uh, dirty pigs. And
1: don't cook if you have poop on your hands. <laughs> yeah. Just get somebody else to cook. That's it's a good not rule anyway. Important. maybe go out to eat. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. So is that it on tapeworms? Yeah, we already covered the part about how it turns out we infected livestock, right? Yeah. Sorry,
0: pigs. So that's three uh, three gross parasites.
1: Again, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to my favorite. Oh,
0: Which okay. so we that's didn't right. cover because there's
1: actually a dearth of uh, information out there on it. It's called the human botfly. Botfly.
0: Oh, yeah, the botfly. Did you read my
1: blog post on it? I did. I did I you watch it. the video? I did. Isn't that awesome? It is. So the bot fly actually doesn't sting or lay its eggs or spread its larvae directly into humans. It uses um, mosquitoes uh. to do it for them. So it these flies actually capture a mosquito mid-flight, lay some eggs on it, and then the mosquito flies around with the eggs until they hatch into larvae. Once the larvae hatch, the mosquito um, plunges its uh, proboscis into... A human mm-hmm. or any, any mammal, I believe. Into me. They're into constantly you. on me. So the larvae are actually transferred. They go under the under the skin, uh-huh. sit there and eat your fatty tissue uh-huh. for uh, several weeks. Uh, and then finally, uh, a maggot emerges from your skin <laughs> and falls off and goes into the soil where it burrows in, in, until the pupa. It, it, then that's the pupa stage and then it emerges as an adult bot fly.
0: That's the wrath of Khan. Yeah,
1: and there is no treatment for it. Also, people who have these things, they they as they grow, they stay close to the surface. Uh-huh. So if you, there, it breathes through your skin, right through a hole in your skin. Um, and if you cover it up, you can feel the maggot moving underneath your skin. Wow. People have reported. Why was this not in the top three? Because there's not that much information on it. Uh, okay. But we're still talking about it anyway, okay. buddy. True, true. Um, and then the the only way to get rid of it is to actually. Pop it out. So if you go to the blogs at HowStuffWorks.com, you can, uh, I think you go through older posts and you find one on the bot fly. It's uh-huh. probably a couple of weeks old by the time this, this podcast comes out. And if you're into parasites or that kind of thing, we Get would help. definitely, <laughs> that's one thing. But while you're getting help, while you're filling out the uh, requisite insurance forms, you should probably check out um, Monsters Inside Me on Animal Planet on Wednesdays at 9. And Chuck and I don't hawk just anything. Like, this is a cool show.
0: Yeah, cool and gross and just, you know, if you're into that kind of thing. And And, I know you are. And and again,
1: that (laughs) that website... You're abusing our listeners, Chuck. Oh, they love it.
0: Um, uh, that website
1: uh, for Monsters Inside Me has uh, one of the great writers on staff here at HowStuffWorks.com, Robert Lamb. A bunch ro- of work by him.
0: Robert's one of my favorite guys. He rocked
1: it out. So, yeah, so there you go. Three gross parasites plus the bot fly, and that means it's time for
0: Listener Mail. So, Josh, I'm just going to call this Listener Mail from Two Dudes. Uh, someone took you to task on Superman. Did you read those? We, Did we only get two. Well, we had a few people write in, but I'm going. I'm going to read Thomas.
1: Like really, ultimately, Chuck. I don't. It's gotten to the point where I'm not sure why I open my mouth unless <laughs> I'm definitively sure I know what I'm talking about. Because I tend to say the exact opposite of what's true.
0: I know, but you know, that's uh, that's part of the show. You know, people like finding little tidbits that we get wrong. It's
1: becoming the crux of the show. No, no, no. These you are don't
0: think. These are little tidbits. This is this is not high science here. It's about Superman, for God's sakes. <laughs> Um, Hi, guys. I've been listening to your great podcast for a while, and I love them. I've never sent an email, but I felt I needed to correct something. In the Earthquake podcast, you said Superman lied to Lex Luthor's girlfriend, I believe it was Miss Tessmacher. Uh, not true. Superman did not lie. She made him a promise. She made him promise to save her mother before stopping the missile headed for California. He reluctantly agreed, and she removed his kryptonite necklace and flew to Hackensack, New Jersey, to save Miss Tessmacher's mom. After he pushed the missile to space, he turned around to see the second missile hit the San Andreas Fault. So sorry, Superman did not lie. And he even says, uh, in his own words, Lois, I never lie. That comes from Thomas from Harvard, Illinois. He's uh, dogmatic and inflexible. He may have toxoplasmosis. I think he does. Uh, And this is from Anthony. Hey, Chuckers, listen to the new podcast on Twinkies. He didn't address you. I thought that was rude. No one does. Well, because they think that you don't read the listener mail, when in fact, you do. Yeah, I get the listener emails, too. You just don't respond and read them on the air. You right. clear that up. Josh okay. reads everything. Yeah, thanks. So, hey, Chuckers and Josh. Oh, he did say that. I just missed it. Uh, <laughs> that was a whole lot of unnecessary. Twinkies reminded me of a time in the early 90s when I worked at the State News, Michigan State University's uh, independent student newspaper. We'll go we had Spartans. A, we had a weekly junk food cookie day when we would all chip in a buck or two. Uh, multiplied by a staff of 50 or 60 and get heaps of sugary and salty snacks. While gorging ourselves uh, on Twinkies, we had a debate about their shelf life. We took some gaffer tape, one of your favorite things. I love gaffer tape. And uh, stuck a two-pack up on the inside of a locker intending to leave it for as long as possible. For over three years, we watched the Twinkies disintegrate into heaps of powder, but never during our experiment uh, did we see any mold visible. Uh, We eventually threw away the package, and I have not eaten comes from Anthony.
1: Well, Anthony, that's Michigan State alum. Yeah. What year did he say?
0: Uh, he didn't. Well, he said early 90s, so he was he was, he was my age. Yeah. We were grunging it out. Old. <laughs> yeah. You cried when Kurt Cobain died, didn't you? No.
1: Well, if, like Chuck, you cried when Kurt Cobain died, you can send us an email about that to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com.